three Bs is what I call them. There's distractions, which a squirrel or a porcupine or skunk, that's a distraction as well as food. Um, there's duration. How long can you wait and patiently watch this thing? And then there's distance. At what distance do you need to be away from this thing to be able to think clearly? So I start with food because it's the easiest thing to control. Uh, and I tell a story uh, growing up, I'm, I'm the oldest of six, so big family. And every year we will go trick-or-treating and my family knows everyone in the neighborhood because we're breaking something or messing something up in someone's house, you know? So we all get dressed up and I had this brilliant idea. Like I'm like a freshman in high school. I'm like, guys, let's say trick-or-treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. This week's guest is Brady Folk. Uh, he may not be a good trick-or-treater, but he's a fantastic dog trainer out of here in Boston. So join us this week as we sort of listen to his skills and his plans for how he works with dogs, some things that you can look for, and he's just really an insightful person. They got into dog training sort of an interesting way. Got a few rescues. I have a few rescues. We have a really great conversation. And he gives me a brilliant point that I use in my storytelling secrets. Stay tuned and listen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Doug Thompson Podcast. I am your host, as always, the Doug Thompson and I have an interesting spin on storytelling today. There's some AI in this. We're going to sort of touch on a lot of things, but it's in a non-traditional way. I've got Brady Folk here, who is the who's the, he lives in the Austin area um, with me. Brady, say hi. <laughs> What's up, everyone? How you doing? And, and he's a dog trainer. Actually, probably more of a human trainer to help train the dogs and the, the dog trainer. But Brady, oh, how you doing? Yeah. Well, and how did you get started in this? Yeah, brilliant. Um, I'm doing good. I got two puppies with me right now. They're napping, so taking care of my uh, chores for the moment. Uh, but how I got started with dogs, I've loved animals since I was a little kid. I think most people do. Not everyone. Some people don't have dogs at all I've worked with. But personally, we had German Shepherds, Chocolate Labs. My parents did some breeding with them. Uh, but they were basically wild animals. My parents didn't really know what they were doing. Um, so I thought, like that's just what dogs were. Um, they didn't poop or pee inside the house, but I remember in high school, I would come home and my mom would be like, the dogs ran away again. And I'm like, again? <laughs> um, and we just follow the the trash cans that had been knocked over and like the bags that had been exploded. And we're like, she's like, you gotta go clean that up after we catch them. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like, yeah. Um, so that was my life growing up with dogs. So when I moved out from my parents, I got my own dog. And I was like, this is going to be easy, you know, but it wasn't. He, uh, within a couple months of having him, he like ate my carpet. Uh, he opened up my dad's father's day present with a leather duffel bag. And I was like, I got to fix this. Like I had this story that it was going to be easy and it, it just turned my life upside down. <laughs> that that happens. I mean, that's, if, if we go back to the story, you've met the, the hero is going to be you and then. The change that happened in that is going to be, oh, crap, I got to fix this because it's tearing everything up. This is not going to work. Uh-huh. And the, the the role models I had weren't helping me, so I needed to go find new role models. <laughs> uh, so I listened to a Tim Ferriss podcast, mm -hmm. and he was interviewing Susan Garrett. It's an old podcast back in, like, 2017. But I was like, I really like this woman. I need to go learn more. So mm -hmm. I, I went out and I did some more research, and I found her program, her books, and I just, like, dove into the training. Um, I signed up for all of her programs, joined her community. I just like immersed myself into the life. 
but it wasn't perfect. I definitely like, man, he started eating the Wi-Fi cable a few months later. Oh my gosh, these animals are always growing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always one. It is it's a it's a continuous journey. I mean, you learn one thing and then you teach that, and they reach that plateau. Now you have to go on and do something else. It's always sort of a game of of uh, cat and mouse where you're always trying to catch up with each other. I guess that's a I guess it'd be dog and whatever other wild animal. I'm my mine like skunk. Yeah. Mine have had inter- altercations with all those things. Oh yeah, my <clears throat> my guy got sprayed with a skunk like three months ago. It was terrible. I gave him like four baths, five baths, and then he got sprayed again a couple of days. And I was like, okay, like, this is ridiculous. You need a whole like grooming session now. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't, it's curiosity. I mean, you know, they, we've had them, um, one stumbled across it once the, uh, another pair we had this, this most recent one, the Doberman is a baby skunk and it ended up deceased in the backyard. So luckily only sprayed his uh-huh. snout, but you know, yeah. we had a porcupine in the backyard. That was another interesting thing. We kept them away from it, but uh, I'd never seen a porcupine around here in Central Texas. But apparently, they have them. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that would be. Yeah, my guy got sprayed in the in the face and the eye, so I was like flushing his eyes out. And a porcupine would be even worse. I feel like. Yeah, well, we had one that we had the prickly pear cactus that he kept chasing Ooh. lizards into that, and he would come out with the uh, with the you know the uh, the spines in his snout and he didn't like pulling those things out so i rented up get i did something every man should do is rent a bobcat one of those skid steers and i spent all day you know tearing up cactuses very manly thing you know very manly thing to do but yeah we're building took care of that problem that's an expensive thing to do is there ways that you can sort of help teach them not to do those things well let's go back to basic manners right let's go back to the basics here let's go back that how do you go about doing that it's a great question. And it all is the same answer, luckily. So once you understand the principles, you can apply it to any area of life. Uh, dogs are prey animals. They like to chase things. Um, and they're driven by food as a primary thing. And they're driven by chasing things. So basically, there's three Ds is what I call them. There's distractions, which a squirrel or a porcupine or skunk, that's a distraction as well as food. Um, there's duration how long can you wait and patiently watch this thing and then there's distance at what distance do you need to be away from this thing to be able to think clearly so i start with food because it's the easiest thing to control uh and i tell a story uh growing up i'm i'm the oldest of six so big family and every year we will go trick-or-treating and my family knows everyone in the neighborhood because we're breaking something or messing something up in someone's house you know so we all get dressed up and I had this brilliant idea. Like I'm like a freshman in high school. I'm like, guys, let's say trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. Instead of like, can we please have some candy? I'm like, let's switch it up, right? We'll never see it coming. That, that's not original. That came from at least my generation before you. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they all agreed to it. And I was like, okay, let's go. We go to the first house. And we test it out and we're all like smiling. We're giggling. We're like, trick or treat, smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. We got our pillowcases. We stick them out. And the neighbor just smiles at us and we're like, smell my feet. Give me something good to eat, right? And then we try to reach in the bowl and take it ourselves. And they just cover the bowl from us. And then we're like, okay, this is a little awkward. There's a line building up behind us. And we're like, 
one of my siblings finally goes, can we please have some candy? And they go, you may. And they like give us all some candy and they <laughs> smile at my parents, but we have no idea any of this stuff is happening. Yeah. Right. We go to the next house, same thing. We stick out our bags, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. No candy. Uh, finally, someone goes, please. And they give us a candy. By the third house, no one wants to say that anymore. We're just like, can we please have some candy? Uh-huh. So it's this idea of how do you teach a dog or a kid how to say please elegantly? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, I don't care if you chase squirrels, if it's in a place where it's safe to do it and you can't get the squirrel, right? It's just a fun thing for dogs to do. I get it. They're dogs. Uh, But you have to have a way to communicate to me, like, can I please go do that? And if it's okay, then I can say, okay, go. So I won't get into all the the technique details, but along that story is we want to prevent them from taking things from us. And then when they offer a new behavior, such as saying please or sitting and waiting for what they want, then you can click or say good and reinforce them and give them the thing that they asked for. So is, big, go big ahead. scale is like cactus yeah. squirrel, but like little scales like that. Yeah. I, um, no, I can appreciate that. Cause we've, we, um, ours tend to dart in it. They had been darting in and out of the house, you know, about mowing you over to get outside. And, yeah. and we sit there, we'll stand at the door much like that and not do anything till they sit down or like the food bowls will, say, you know, sit down until we put the bowl down and they both have to sit down. And then we say, okay. And, you know, well, don't stand in the way once you say, okay, but you know, it does, you, you can work with them and they can, they can do it. Can you cure a Doberman from trying to bite anything that flies? He, he thinks he can catch butterflies and birds and <laughs> he's not, sometimes I don't think he's not very bright, but anyways, he's good nature. That's funny. Yeah. There's, and we're talking about different levels of challenges. Right. I like to think about it like kindergarten to PhD. Yeah. And you described it perfectly. Sitting at your door waiting is the, the basic. That's a foundation to get your dog to wait for a squirrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is you got to, I don't know if you listen to Ryan Holiday, the obstacle is the way. You got to, I'll tie a toy to a, a rope and I'll run mm-hmm. around with it. And your job is to stay on your bed and wait until I say, get this thing. Right. And then you're yeah. allowed to go get it. Um, same with you do your food, right? You set it down, right. they sit, and you say, I say, feast. Yeah. And then eats. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, my knees are bad. I can't run around doing that anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got to have someone like me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the distraction piece of that. I get that. You sort of, you're training the, the, they, here's the reward for what's going on. And I think we all, you know, that's basically human. I mean, you described a toddler, you know, food, <laughs> running around. Napping it, it's a little bit like that. I have we, our granddaughter sort of like that way too. How do you teach them to say please with these other things? Uh, so you're spot yeah. on with that. So yeah. in in doing these, uh, so let's so let's just go to the medium tier, okay? So let's go. So we've got sort of the baseline here. We want to teach them to to heal or something like that, you know, so, something along those lines. Yeah. When we're out for a while, uh, you, you're asking how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um... Healing is a fun one. I remember when I set goals for my dog, I have, I still have it, right? Uh, I can share it with you guys. It's just an old notes page in my phone, right? Of all the things I wanted to do with my dogs. And I believe what you write, you invite. And one of the big things is you have a dog who walks next to your side. Um, As I went through this journey, I realized that's one of the harder things to teach a dog to do. Because... Typically, when you take them outside, you take them out once or twice during the day. It's their most favorite time of the day. They don't get to smell things. I mean, they already have the house. They want to smell things outside, right? So it's like taking a kid to Disneyland 
um, and expecting them to listen to everything or, or expecting them to do their homework at Disneyland. You stand no chance of getting your kid to do homework at Disneyland. My parents have tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> so I say all this to tell you that it takes practice. Um, and the, the most uh, fundamental thing I can give you and the easiest thing I can give you is pay attention to where your dog sees value. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means when you give your dog the food, is he standing right in front of you normally? When you pet him, is he standing in front of you? When you give him a toy, is he standing in front of you? My dog, when I give him a toy, I take the intentional moment to turn myself and step into his side. And then I give him the toy at the side or my the food at the side. So I'm showing him that all the good things happen right next to me, not in front of me. So most dogs learn their entire life. I need to be in front of the owner to do anything. Uh, so that's just a very subtle shift that most people didn't think about. And that's one that I first learned about. And I was like, okay, I need to change where my dog believes that he needs to be to get these things. Yeah, no, that's, that, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. I mean, we trained them where they go and that, that, that's a, that's a valuable tip. Yeah. And it's as simple as asking your dog to sit and then you just, you take the moment to like step into their side. And then you, I use hallways a lot. I use stimulus control. It helps. So like I'll line myself up to the hallway. So the dog really only has one decision. He comes up next to me and he sits down next to me and then I tap and I give him a treat. Um, and then, so he's, they just want to come stay by my side all the time. Well, that's, you know, cause I've and seen... then there's, go ahead. Sorry. There's way more advanced stuff to do, obviously, but yeah, there's a starting point. So you, you mentioned earlier on that you use some AI stuff to do something or other. And I know it wasn't to train the dog, or at least I don't think. But uh, anyway, <laughs> how, how did you sort of use that in your business? Yeah, that AI has helped me become more focused as well as help my customers and clients go further. Mm-hmm. Because I can take some of these ideas, the way I describe it to people, I've been a like, a B to a B plus communicator. Like I took AP English classes and I did okay, but I was never like the person who was like, Hey, you did really well writing this thing. Uh, so AI has helped me take some of these ideas that I have and just put it into uh, a simpler format for people to understand um, in bold points and outlines and just take out some extra fluff that I have um, as well as I use it to like plan lesson plans. I was like, okay, can you, include these things and then like add breaks in between and then I'll take it and I'll send it to my clients. And it's just like way easier for them to process this information than it is just to like, listen to me sometimes. Yeah. So when you, when you, you like customize the, here's the basic steps, right? There's some basic stuff that goes on, but then based off the dog and the owner and the environment, I'm sure there's a lot of variables that go into it. So when you're, you, you have to like, okay, here's the five steps, but I need AI to sort of help me. And here's the variables you need to consider. I think you mentioned something like that. Yeah, you could add in like, hey, I need, I'm working with food distractions or like toys or whatever it may be to like make it more personalized mm-hmm. for them. Um, but it's more so helping me write stories and lesson plans mm-hmm. and program like routines and stuff for them. So, so the stories are for the owners or for the dogs or? Good question. Uh, the stories are to help convey some of these ideas to the owners, but the dog, they go through their own story uh, journey as well. Uh, you, I believe that you got to meet the dog where they're at. 
And so a lot of times I do board and trains, or even when I go to in-person lessons, uh, the dog can be a little bit nervous at first. They're like, who is this person? Uh, or if they come with a little bit of baggage, you know, every dog is a little bit different. So uh, you have to um, be a, a guide for them in a way that allows them to feel safe and mm -hmm. be able to experiment with failure. Failure is very important when you're growing. You have to be able to fail. Um, and then as they get more confident, then you can add in more pieces to this puzzle uh, for them to follow along with. So they grow with the over the two weeks. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, and, and you actually, when you mentioned something, you and you mentioned one of the storytelling techniques I do for humans to talk to humans is that you you mentioned you you build, you start the story where they are so then they're familiar surroundings and stuff and I'm I'm going to borrow that analogy now cuz it's it's a great visual for what I'm trying to convey but if you start even again it works with humans would work with with dogs too is that if you start with an environment that they're familiar with that's basically what we're just trying to do you're using language that they that they use and you know friendly environment it, it lowers the risk to them i think you know and, and it also um, again, it's eliminated some of the potential distractions or stress that may stop them. I mean, that's a great analogy. If nothing else, thanks for that. That's the big tip I've taken away is now I can explain that a little bit better. Yeah. Like the dogs that I have now, they have a little toy with like a heartbeat and they have a blanket from when they were a puppy, all those little things help. And as they get older, I take some of these things away strategically so they can find other coping mechanisms like to chew on a bone. Um, or just to be able to hang out by themselves. But at first it's, they sleep in my room um, and they're like right there next with me. So I can like help them. And then after three, four days, it's like, okay, you're, you're a little bit further away and then you're in the living room and now you're a big boy or, or a big girl. <laughs> so you mentioned two weeks in there. I mean, is what's, what's sort of a program look like? Yes. Um, two weeks is about the fastest I can do it. Uh, and in that two weeks, I focus on three pillars. Uh, coming when called is a safety thing. You always need your dog to come when called. Uh, crate training and place training. We need our dog to have a place where they can understand this idea of duration and distance. And then the final step is walking on leash. And once you have coming when called and you can understand like how to stay in a place, and I've been working at you being at my side, walking on leash becomes easier because we've built this foundation in, and then we can take these skills to Disneyland um, and practice. Yeah. So I, those are what I focus on. Yeah. Our dogs have all, we've always had dogs crates with their dogs because it's a safety place for them as well. I mean, they'll go venture in there and they're familiar with it. Um, it although now they spend all, so I, the, the dogs are with me when I I'm working in the office here. And so we just say, go, to work yeah. and they all sort of go down the hall to go find their bed to go, <laughs> go lay down here while we all work together which is is yeah. interesting the most dangerous thing that happens in there is the doberman gets gas and it's horrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like smoky and they're just passed out asleep <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's like what somebody something died i just i don't know what it is they didn't seem to bother them at all um but so what's What's the best way to get a hold of you? I know you probably have a working area and stuff on that, but, and I know you, you mentioned, we'll put some resources in the show notes, but just sort of give us a rundown on, on some of the stuff we can do. Yeah. You can find me on my Instagram. I share the stories of the dogs that I've been training uh, and I post like each day. And if you're uh, diligent and you pay attention to some of the details, you can take these games that I play with your dog and apply them to yourself. Um, so on Instagram, it's ND dog training. 
Um, I, I have a link tree. You can download a free ebook too with some more stories like I shared today. And then on my website, it's newdirectiondogtraining.com. I like that, Boyd. Thanks, Brady. Thanks a lot. It's, it's, you know, I, again, I took something away that really didn't have to do with dog training, but it's a great analogy to, to use that. But there's some other training tips that you gave me as well. If you come across something to get the Doberman to stop chasing butterflies and stuff, let me know and then we'll, we'll sign you up. But we'll put all that stuff in the show notes, Brady. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for helping make yeah. humans dogs best companion because it's really sort of that way around. It's up to us. The dogs, I've not met a, really a bad dog. I met a lot of bad owners, but the dogs, you know, they're, they're so much, they just want to give so much. Uh, we don't deserve them sure. in a lot of cases. I mean, the, the love that they give us. I really appreciate what you do. You got to get a lot out of it when things work. Yeah, for sure. There's no bad dogs. There's bad patterns, but there's no bad yeah. dogs. Um, and I think every dog is given to us for a spiritual reason. So it's up to us to kind of find the gift in our dog. And maybe it's to, uh, it could be just appreciating that they're chasing butterflies and they see the joy in life. You know, <laughs> we don't got to fix everything. <laughs> all right. Well, I won't steal all this joy in it, but you're right. We have, you know, we're, if, if things work out well, we're the only family they know for their entire life. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wish one would die of natural causes. They unfortunately they've gotten mm. into to medical states where something had to we had to facilitate that. But but they you know we're the only ones they know they know. Um, yeah. But but we get the joy. I do it every game. You know I have to take a little pause between them, but we get right back in there because there's just a, there's a vacancy when we don't have a dog or two <laughs> running around. It's a totally different world. Like your house is quiet and like I'll go on vacation. I'll leave my dogs and we'll have them without a day. And I'm like, this is weird. Bring the dogs back. <laughs> exactly. It's too quiet. Something's up. Something's up. That's the danger part. So Brady, thanks a lot. Anytime. Take care. Hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did meeting Brady Folk, dog trainer. And did you catch the part that I use in my stories now? Yeah. Meet the dog where they live. Anyway. So if you like this episode, go check out Brady's stuff there in the show notes. Also, please go to your favorite podcast app and give us a five-star rating uh, or five bones. Yeah, that, that's it. Five treats. But <laughs> share it with your friends. Uh, it really helps the podcast grow. And uh, you know, if you got, if you want to see some other things, put some comments below as well. What you'd like to see, some great people. Always interested in talking to great people. But in the meantime, you're the reason that I'm here. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. I want to thank you from, uh, you're almost as good as a dog tree. Well, you're a better dog tree. So thanks again for listening. Until next time, bye. Bye.